Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, but I mean, getting women out there is, is it's vital. You know, getting more women, getting everybody out there is vital, but getting women out there, you know, and making more of a presence is important because it always was a, a male-dominated industry, you know, for a long time, and, and I don't see it like that anymore. I see more and more women um, on the front of ads and doing all the things that guys can do, and, and it's it's good because, you know, um, these companies are becoming more aware of that, and they're becoming, um, you know, they're, they're sharing that with everybody, like they're sharing that, their ads with not just men, but families and women and Welcome back to Impact Outdoors Podcast. We are so excited that you guys are tuning back in again this week. And and um, if you've been around the fishing industry the last oh, five, ten years, you've noticed a lot of female anglers coming on board and really you becoming part of the fishing story. And that's so awesome to see. And I've been blessed to meet um, Cindy Wynn, who's one of my good friends down here in Houston and and Cindy's making a huge impact in the fishing world um, with all the stuff she does, all the content she puts out, and, and uh, really glad to have gotten to know her the last few years and, and uh, enjoy spending time with her out on the water. And I'm so glad we got to sit down and finally do this podcast. So stay tuned. We're going to learn all about Cindy's upbringing and, and what you know what got her started in, in fishing and, and and how that evolved into a career as a professional fisherman and uh all the amazing stuff she's doing and uh, this is another great episode can't wait for you guys to hear it so let's get it started all right thanks all right well we're sitting here with my good friend cindy Wynn. how you doing i'm doing well nice to see you again same. It's been a while. We hadn't seen each other in probably, what, month and a half? 
two months? When the last time we went fishing? We, oh gosh. Before the fishing show, right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was right before the fishing show. We went out yeah. and caught a bunch of sheep's heads, some other stuff. Oh, it was a good day. So, yeah, we're sitting here. If you hear background noise, it's pouring here <laughs> in Houston. Um, like, literally. Literally. So, I drove and through thundering. a monsoon to get over here. But, because it was not raining at my house, and I'm only like 20, 20 miles from here. So. Yeah. But, uh, but thanks for being on the show. Thanks uh, for having me. I've to have you on here for a while, and, and uh, glad we got to um, get together, because I know everything's starting with the coronavirus start to kind of... I know. I don't think you're back to normal, but open back up. So I, I know you're probably so. going to be doing some traveling soon, hopefully. And I hope so. I want my wings back bad. <laughs> so where's I the, f- if you could go anywhere right now, where's the first place you would go? Florida. Yeah, I'd probably head right back down to Stewart and uh, fish with Chris Britton yeah. for tarpon or head back, head to Tampa and fish with Chris and them too and some other friends. Yeah. But that's definitely where I would go first is Stuart. Yeah, we usually we'll, we usually fit in a fishing trip right before I cast. Yeah. We go on Tampa Bay. But uh, since that's canceled now, um, or at least I the know. in-person I was ICAST actually really looking forward to it. You know, it's like... Oh, I know. ICAST is like one of those things where... How could you ever get everyone under one roof? Like, that's the only time we get everybody under one roof and nobody's... You so, know, we're all doing all kinds of different things during the year, and ICAST was our time to, like, yeah. catch up. But So what is ICAST, if somebody's listening and doesn't know? ICAST is the world's what, largest fishing trade show, and it's held. it's been hel- held in Orlando for the last couple years here, the last mm-hmm. several years, and it was supposed to be this year as well. Um, you just get everybody under one roof, so all the different fishing companies are there. Um, some guides show up there as well, yeah. but like, you know, anybody who's out there creating content or, um, you know, on social media for fishing is, is probably going to be an iCast. It's, it's so crazy. It's pretty cool. So I, I know we've seen each other there for yeah. the last few years. And, yeah, um, I mean, every year I go there, I meet somebody new who's, you know, bring something to the table that, you know, or that I didn't even know about, you mm-hmm. know. So it's pretty cool to like um, to go to that, and I'm, I'm curious to see how this, I guess, virtual. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> seen what they're. Be. I mean, have you seen anything that they released? I haven't that seen do, anything or? yet, but I'm assuming they're probably gonna do like Zoom meetings or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know because we'll I think initially the whole point of ICAST was to sell products to to buyers yeah you know and it's turned it seemed like to me so this would have been my sixth year going i think mm-hmm. it seems like it's more of just i mean there's a lot of that going on still there is a lot of that lot going of that, on but, but i think for some of the companies it's just it's their time to like show up and just you know make a presence in the industry yeah. and share and you know connect it's reconnect. cool just seeing all the boosts all the different makeups every year because they usually change them every year you know yeah um, it's cool seeing Those everybody. Those are expensive. Oh, I, I don't even want to know. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> no, I do not want to know. It's expensive enough it's just your to house. get a hotel room over there. Yeah, so, no kidding. Um, yeah, I was really looking forward to that too. But, you know, it does give us time to, like, all um, do more work. You're laughing at my dog. Yeah. Finn's, I don't know if he's supposed to be chewing that or not. Finn, what do you have? Oh, he's fine. Oh. He... <laughs> Yeah, we've got Finn the pug sitting over here up next Finn to us. Finn has been my pug, my bonus child. So, he's yeah. just chilling, eating a whale shark. 
Yeah. Finn's been going to work with me as uh, he's essential. <laughs> he goes to work with me every day um, and hangs out at the, he's our moral support at the office. So where is work currently? Work is um, in Houston. Uh, I work for a company called Railblazer mm-hmm. and Yak Gear, and we sell um, we sell all of your mounting accessories and pretty much anything you want for boating and kayaks, um, ATVs. Just if you need to hold on to it, we've got something yeah. you know that we can help you do that with. Yeah, GPS I looked at the website. And and I was like looking at it too. again last night, and uh, they got a lot of cool stuff. No, it's a lot of different. It's been around for Railblaze has been around for a long time, and um, actually, we've been around for a decade now at least. And we just had our big anniversary, you know, for that. And it's been really cool. I think a lot more people are starting to um, to know about us, and like also know that because we're big in bass now as well. Um, mm-hmm. We sponsor Ot Defoe, and um, it's been been really cool working with them over the years so when i was able to hop on and start working for them full time it was it was pretty cool yeah yeah so i guess we need to back up a little bit yeah um so i had i had not met you until probably uh, three years ago roughly i think something like that yeah and uh, but i'd heard about you i'd seen you through social media and stuff before yeah. And then uh, me and my wife got asked to do a fishing story with our buddy Ronnie Green. Oh, yeah. And then we were talking with him, and he's like, and I had seen him do a show with you. Right. And then I seen on the show, me and my wife, Shar, sitting there watching it, and she's like, oh, yeah, we live in Houston. And I was like, um, um, I didn't know she lives in Houston. We need to get a hold of her. Yeah. Born <laughs> and, and so, raised. So anyway, so I reached out to you on social media, and, and uh, we connected that way, and um, but You've got a long, long history, I guess, in my opinion, of the fishing industry. I mean, you've... Yeah, I've been really fortunate. I mean, I, I fished all my life, like, since I was, a kid, you know, a baby. But, um, you know, I think whenever I started sharing my fishing stories and getting out there, it was just like, you know, when Facebook and Instagram were just kind of, like, really getting, you know, a headway and, like, not a whole lot of people were doing too much of, like, the sharing and stuff yet. Right. And, like... You know, I um, I just started doing that, and then I got connected with all the right people and started, like, having a lot of fun sharing my stories and mm-hmm. creating content. And, you know, people just started reaching out to me. Different companies started reaching out to me. So that was really I, – I guess, like, when people say, oh, like, did you ever, like, dream about, like, becoming, like – like a professional fisherman or working in the industry or doing anything. I'm like, no, I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nobody really knew what that was. <laughs> no. Like <laughs> my mom was like, you need to become a doctor or something. And like exactly. that didn't happen. So <laughs> yeah, here I am. Yeah. So you, um, I think my parents were actually kind of worried about me whenever they started seeing me fish so much more than work and stuff. They were kind of like, yeah. you have insurance, you have this, you, you have can't that. make like, any money. Yeah, fishing? exactly. And they're but, right. <laughs> yeah, but then when they started seeing, like, you know, my dad is always, like, really, both of them are really good at it. But my dad, like, I cannot, he doesn't tell me a lot of times, like, you know, how proud he is of me. He's never been, like, that person. But I've always been closest to my dad. And, like, he, I could always tell, like, you know, he saves my little magazine clips or, <laughs> you know, like, last, 
Last month, I was in the Bass Pro ad, and he was like, save that for me. I was like, <laughs> okay. Does he have like a little secret? Yeah, he bedroom, must or something. All taped up it's on funny. the wall. That's cool. I wish, kind of wish I would have saved a lot of that stuff. No. Oh, you know, your parents <laughs> are both super proud of you. Yeah. So you've made a big impact in the fishing industry, especially, you know, from, um, I think the first, the, the place I knew you from before meeting you was Columbia. Yeah. And so, um, so you're a, a fishing athlete for fishing Columbia. Athlete. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, I've been, this is like my sixth year with Columbia and, um, That's awesome. it has been the most amazing ride. And like, to be honest with you, like every, every day I wake up, I'm like, is this for a life? Okay, let's keep going, you know? And, like, every year when I get my contract renewed, I'm like, one of these days, my shelf life's going to run out. And they're just going to be like, we need something fresh and new, Sid. <laughs> but um, it hasn't happened yet. And, like, you know, Columbia does keep very good relationships with their athletes. Um, George Provromo's another mm-hmm. one of them. Chad Hoover. Um, Bob Azumi. So these guys are all, like, big TV show guys. They've been in the industry for a long time. And... Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm just honored to be a part of like the team and you know be connected with everybody. I'm only I'm the only female on the on the on the team, and um, for now, anyways, we'll see. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's been amazing. They've taken me around the world. I say you've gotten to go to some pretty cool yep. places. And uh, I've met a lot of really cool people. That's the thing with fishing, though, right? Fishing is like when you meet somebody and they're a fisherman, like you you start to like connect with them on a yeah. whole nother way. And, th- and then you start making friends and like somebody's fished here, somebody's fished there. And then all of a sudden, you know, I could probably go anywhere on this planet and find somebody to fish with, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. it's pretty cool. A little industry we're in here. So, fishing. It's like the universal <laughs> language of friendship. I don't know. It it's, is. It's a, uh, you know, if you like to fish, you're cool. Yeah. You know, pretty much. So, uh, so I mean, so many different ways to do it and so many, you know, so many places to do it. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a puddle anywhere that's been there for two weeks. There's probably some bass in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's a, a the industry side of it. I mean, it's so busy. It's like yeah. when we go to ICAST, I'm like, why do I have to drive two days to come over and see you when you live in Houston? Like I know. minutes from me. I know. We can't ever see each but other it's, there. But it's amazing that we actually connect when we're at ICAST because there's some years where I'm just like, I haven't talked to half the people or gone to see half the things I wanted to see at ICAST because it's so crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, you just got to plan well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing the first time we went. I yeah. just remember we hadn't been on the show floor the first time me and my wife flew over there. Well, first, the funny story was, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. So I grew up, like, Jimmy Houston was, like, my idol. Yeah. Him, and, him and Bill and Roland, of course, right. you know, the three legends. But Jimmy's from Oklahoma. And he actually, um, one of my uncles on my mom's side actually went to um, school with him or played yeah. ball with baseball with him or something as a kid growing up. And so I kind of, you know, it's kind of cool to have some kind of connection. Yeah. And so we're sitting at the airport waiting to get on the plane, me and my wife, and we're like looking at each other talking and, uh, um, you know, we're in like, like the numbered section with Southwest where you got to stand in your little section. Oh, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden I hear that laugh. You know, because he's got, you know, such an iconic yeah. voice and, and laugh. And uh, turn around, he's standing right behind me. How funny. So we rode, to, we flew to ICAST with Jimmy. I mean, and we sat right awesome. next to each other and talked the whole way over there. And so every time we'd see Jimmy, 
and I cast, you know, he'd always say hi to Sharsh first, and then, Aww. and then uh, he'd come say hi to me, and then, uh, so, but I mean, that was, you know, that That's was cool. That's another first thing, trip, like, I cast, know? like, then you get to see all these people who are on TV that you would normally never get to connect yeah. with, and like, who did I, who did I, one year I met, um, Wild Bill, oh, right, yeah. from yeah, Deadly's Catch, coolest guy ever. He's very tall. If he's you, very tall. If you've never seen him in real yes, life. He's, he's like very tall. Six, six. And he was so nice. He sat there and talked to me and our um, our community person from Columbia and it was just like like nothing. It's pretty Bill's cool. cool. He's not yeah. I guess what he's portrayed. Yeah. He was TV real show. cool. So yeah we met him. We actually seen him in Houston like seven or eight years ago. Oh really? That. And then um, so you know he, we remember each other and and, uh, but I remember when we first got on the surf floor the first day, the first time we went to ICAST, we were back in the, by the Quantum booth or Garmin booth, one of those two, and Bill Dance is just standing there, leaning against the counter, like not talking to anybody, and we were like, can we go say hi? Yeah. And so we walked up, and we got to talk to Bill for like 15 minutes before somebody came and whisked him away. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool, man. Well, that you is cool. a hug, and Bill's like, it I mean, cool. he's like the godfather of the fishing industry. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, really cool guy. Um, glad we got to meet him a few times over there. So I know. Hopefully everything but will get back together and, like, you know, ICAST 2021 will be stellar. Yeah. It will. Hopefully we'll at least be back to some kind of normal next year. But, yeah. Um, but um, so back to Columbia. So you've gotten to do a couple of really cool projects with them, as you alluded to. Yeah. And so your family came from vietnam right yeah so my family came from vietnam and um columbia actually came to me one year and was like out of like nowhere it was like last minute they're like sid can you go to vietnam for us in like 10 days i was like uh oh, yeah so i called my boss i was like can i go to vietnam <laughs> like next week <laughs> and it was awesome and like so we did um our first pfg film over there and it was basically um, a film that was bringing awareness to, like, um, to the, basically fishing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and sport fishing and why it's so important, right? And why it's so important to be conservative. And we went, we went to Vietnam to do, like, the sustenance part of it because my family grew up, you know, we, we fished because we needed protein, right. you I know? Food. Yeah, and still to this day like that over there. Um, Whereas in Florida, you know, that's like, that's the Mecca, right? Mm -hmm. Of like sport fishing. And then um, we also went and did some work with um, the Alphonse Fishing Company out there in the Seychelles. And so that's where the crew left to go to after they um, finished up with me in Vietnam. But it was basically three, those three places. And then we just kind of told a story, you know, of why it's so important to like preserve what we have, right. you know, for future generations. Yeah. And that was a really cool piece. There's so much, there's so much work. Um, I went with, uh, our filmmaker, Joshua VP, um, Joshua Van Patter. And he, I'm going to have to show you, if you haven't already, you need to go see a link of his work. Cause he is amazing. Um, no, no, I've um, seen that. I've seen the video we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you shared it again yesterday or something like that. But. Yeah, every time that comes up on my memory, it's getting yeah, shared because like awesome. people just really resonate with it, you know. And I mean, like they use my grandmother's voiceover, <laughs> yeah. you know, for 
for eternity until YouTube is gone, my grandma's voice is going to be on, you know, mm -hmm. on there. So it was, it was really cool. And, and I actually just spoke to Joshua this week about doing some more work. So Ooh. hopefully after everything goes back and we're, it's safe to fly around again, um, he actually wants to come here yeah. and do some stuff. Yeah. So maybe if you cool. think of something, we can, uh, we can work something. We want to do like maybe a collab with Traeger or something like mm -hmm. that because he's also working with Traeger out there. So that's the that's the plan. But working with Columbia and working with Joshua and his team has been amazing. You know, we've done that. We've done South Texas. We did um, some media down in South Texas, and then of course Florida and even Louisiana. Yeah. So it's been it's been a, a fun experience and definitely. Um, I don't know, something that I'll I'll take with me for the rest of my life, whether I'm working with Columbia or not, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I'm thankful for the things that they've connected me with and the places and, the, and definitely the people because, yeah. yeah. That's cool, you know, cool company. Um, so, you know, one of the things about the video y'all didn't produce when you were in Vietnam is you're talking about sustenance fishing. Yeah. You know, and, and I just remember the shot of all the people – with the nets oh, yeah. close to shore. And um, I had an aunt and uncle who live up near Dallas that were missionaries over in Haiti. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and he said the same thing over there. You know, everybody's fishing. There's not a fish anywhere near the beach just because. They just got those gill nets up. And yeah. they're, just, they're taking whatever they can possibly yeah. get, you know. It's sad. I mean, and, and honestly, like, I brought my rod and reel and stuff. And there is fish in Vietnam here and there. Um, definitely freshwater if you go into the pond and stuff. Mm -hmm. I've caught paku and gourami and stuff like that. Snakeheads are out there. I haven't done that yet, but I know they're there. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the saltwater side, you have to get out quite a ways to be able to get past all the gill nets. Mm-hmm. And then um, catch fish. But, I mean, we we also filmed, like, they have cobia farms. So, cobia is a very fast-growing fish. Right? Yeah, and so that is a good source of protein for them over there because they grow so quickly. They get to, like, a foot long, and they're going to the market. But they have these pens, like, all over the coast that they keep them in, and they, you know, they farm and harvest them. So, it's it's interesting to see how other countries, you know, find ways to, like, you know, they don't have as many cows as we do. Yeah. So. That's interesting. The Kobe stuff, I don't know, a few years ago, I heard there were rumors people were wanting to do it in the Gulf. Oh, really? And, and have some offshore fish farms they're, like that. They're an interesting uh, species of fish because they grow so fast. I can't imagine so driving fast. up out in the Gulf and seeing a giant floating cage with all these yeah. three-foot-long cobia swimming around in it. They kind of remind me of fin. <laughs> 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 they're They're... They're not as smart a fish, I don't think, as some of the other ones out there. But they, they, they grow so fast, you know? Yeah. And usually when you hook up on one, there might be one right behind it, and you can yep. sidecast the second one. Yep, we were talking about it's that fun. before we started. So this time, so they, fun, sh man. They, sh they should be here off Texas right now. So I can't uh, wait. I cannot wait to get back offshore with, like, the crew. And, like, you know, I, I fish with Michael Belvin and um, Team Real Therapy whenever I can. And I've just been itching, man. Yep, huh. the offshore bugs yeah. is calling. Um, it is. We're getting close to snapper season, and, and amberjack season just opened this past Friday. So what's here. it at right now? What are we going to get this year for a red I snapper? Think snapper is here in Texas. It starts June 1st, and I think they're giving us 62 days this season. So, like, 
A little less than last year, but, you know. Last year it was predicted like 90-some days, but they had to end. They cut it August 1st just because they were thinking that you you might go over. We got some slabs last year on Michael's boat. It was amazing. Yeah. I got to go out a couple times. Not nearly as many as I wanted. I'm so stinking busy in the summer now, but it sucks. But but, We uh, have to make time this year, though. Yeah. And I'll be so much closer to you. Yeah. 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 We'll have to go out there. Um, we'll definitely be taking my Blue Wave out at least on one snapper trip this year. So, right. Because um, I went and we did some lean. Let me know. Last year. I'm oh, ready. No. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, so, you got to go to Seattle. Was that last year when you got to go up and meet? Oh, and I got to meet Gert. Um, yeah, so the headquarters is in Portland, actually. Portland, Oregon. Portland, that's and, right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, this is – I've met Gert a couple of times. Um this time I actually got to like sit down in the office and have some yeah some one on one with her and like she's amazing you know and and man I don't know she, even up until you know her last days she was always mm-hmm. in the office you know I had no I I know that she wasn't in the office a couple of weeks before I had gotten there so I knew like her health was like yeah. kind of rocky but I didn't I didn't realize that was going to be the last time I was going to get cool. to see her. I remember talking to you and that was really special. You yeah. Do that, so. Yeah, Gert is special. I mean, she still was working 9 to 2 every yeah. day. You know, if you've so ever bought Columbia gear, you know, I always remember cuz you see her picture or whatever yeah. on the tag, you know, Gert that approved tough or, mother. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, tough mother. Yeah. So no, her she was, she was amazing. She's iconic, you know, and um, and you know she set the standard for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really proud to be working with Columbia, and I I hope to you know continue to do this over the years, and you know, get get it get all out there and try to you know promote the sport as much as we can. Yeah. So. Um so you've kind of you you kind of came in and did a bunch of social media stuff on your your own stuff coming out and but you've helped a lot of other companies too you know on kind of coming up. I try up to you know it's it's always good to like collaborate where you can you know and if it's not conflicting you know like Columbia of course I wouldn't be able to like you know collaborate with like another apparel company mm-hmm. or anything but um, when it's not conflicting and I can I can help out then I definitely am gonna do it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's a cool way to connect with others, and it's you know fishing is my passion. Like yeah. I think about it night and day. You know, I'm now working in the industry. Mm-hmm. I actually like quit my job, you know, in uh, supply chain in the plastic industry to like. I mean, part of it was like I make plastic for work, and then I'm a fisherman. It's like yeah. a little contradicting, right. you know. Right. And so I was working in the beverage industry. Um, and plastics for a while and then I just I was so sad every time I got home from a trip and had to go back to my little cubicle yep. and there was no windows and I literally I would drive home crying like what am I going to do in my life can I going <laughs> to keep like this up or am I going to actually do something that fulfills me a little bit better and and I took off I I finally like pulled the trigger and I, I left um, my corporate job and just kind of had a year of freelancing and like working with other people. And I had some opportunities that came up. Um, I got to collab a lot with DOA lures Mm -hmm. and meet a lot of the folks down, you know, in South Texas and also in Florida because Mark, um, the owner is, um, 
or owner and founder is like originally from Texas. Right. So, you know, I was just bouncing back and forth with them for like a year, like just having a lot of fun and creating content, you know, and, you know, wherever I can with social media, I'm going to help out, you know, um, and I mean, it was an incredible year. I met I met Kelly, which mm-hmm. you know yeah, Kelly. Kelly Gross. Yep, and she was working for um, the Gulf Coast Mariner. Now, actually, me and Kelly have been talking about doing a blog soon. You should. I know. I, like we want to just like have another outlet just so that we can dump our stories what into. What you call it? I have no idea yet. We we kind of like talked about it for a little bit. Brian's always trying to get us to do something just like South Texas <laughs> ugly, but like you know, I want it to be something where I could share stories, not just in Texas, but, you know, anywhere in the world, you know, or anybody could, you know, relate to it somehow mm-hmm. or another. So, you know, and a right. lot of it too is like food. Like I did a, a recipe for her for, um, amberjack dip, smoked fish dip, and it's got some Google, Google relevancy now. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and so people are always asking me for it. And like, it, it you, know, you just never know like where fishing will take you and, who you get to connect with, you know. Well, I will say if, like, if you follow, if somebody follows you on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The food that your family makes. <sighs> like, know. we went fishing was like a couple years ago, and we caught some redfish and sheep's head and all this. I know he's like, okay, come over Sunday, and we'll, we're having a feast. And, um, I mean, it was cooked, like, 50 million different ways. And yeah. Let me just say, knowing your family – after getting on for the past couple of years, like y'all have like the most awesome family. Like y'all are what the epitome of what a family should be. Family like, is spend, everything to me. Yeah. And y'all spend so much time together. I mean, you live all fairly close to each other. Of course, yeah. You're getting ready to move further away. I am, but I'm close <laughs> enough, you know, and, and James is like a big family person. So, um, we'll be, we'll be probably here Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. So, but I mean, y'all, y'all, um, I see when y'all get together, you know, Every weekend, have a big feast and stuff. And, yeah, and uh, and that's just that's just cool. It's so called. Well, so like we that. always like you know growing up, my my parents were like adamant. Like my dad was like always like we're gonna have dinner tonight together. Like everybody needs to come in or sit down, you know. And that was before cell phones and things like that too. So it was a lot easier as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it was huge. Like my mom would cook for for <laughs> our family, but she would also cook for all her brothers and sisters' families. You know, and my mom's like the second oldest sister here in the States. She has, she had 13 in her, of siblings, including her and, um, nine, nine are surviving. So, um, and when my, when they came over here, they were, they came as children, like clothes on their backs and that's it. Like didn't know the language, you know? So my aunt was the eldest at the time and she, you know, she helped bring them all over here and, um, they, they got some help from like the church and different missions and stuff and got on their feet. And then my mom ended up here in Texas first from, um, Kansas city. That's where they were. They had first started when they, when they fled. How did they end up here in Texas? So, well, my mom met my dad. So she had a friend in Texas Okay. or she had a friend and she took a trip down to Texas and met my dad. And that's how that all started. So my mom got married and then one by one, her siblings started moving. They move, they would move in with us. And as they got on their feet, you know, yep. they would move out and everybody's, well, you know, had, That had to have been now. so scary coming over here, um, you, know, you know, not knowing, but. You I, know. you know, you know, my mom, you've, you know her for mm. a long time. Like 
my mom is fancy. You fancy know, Nancy. she's fancy Nancy. She is, she's ridiculous and she's fun and smoky and like, you know, sometimes I look at her and I'm just like, I don't know how you're smiling and happy and bubbly and doing all these things where you came from nothing. Like you lost everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was like 15 when she came over here. So she kind of, she knew already, you know, she knew where she, where they came over here and they didn't know where their parents were for like 10 years, you know, before they were reconnected. And that, that kind of stuff just like, it amazes me. It's like, what would we do if we just like one day was just like tomorrow you you need to leave and i'm gonna meet you but once they get down there their parents never met them like mm. it was just chaos how long was it before it was uh, my mom said it was 10 years before they reconnected with them again um they have they were there was a priest here in the u.s that was still connected with my mom's um uncle who was also a priest in vietnam okay and that's how they reconnected but wow but for years, they didn't know what was going on. And my grandfather worked for the government. So he was basically, he changed his name and was in hiding for all these years. And even to this day, when he when he's buried, they buried him under a different name. So, you know, just yeah. to protect family and stuff. But it's, uh, my parents, I've been really fortunate because my parents have never, like, sheltered us from those those times and like the things that because like i've i have aunts and uncles too who are they can't talk about it you know they went through a whole lot and like you know everybody deals with things differently and my my mom my mom's family they they ranged you know different ages so listening to everybody's story you're gonna get something different from everybody like Mm -hmm. my aunt she's like oh like life is all good she was a baby when she got here you know and she doesn't Doesn't remember um, yeah she doesn't remember so everybody has a different perspective and like I'm going to be real honest with you. If I had one project that I could really work on and like that would mean so much to me, it would be to like sit all of them down one by one, get their story of it, and then also go back and talk to my grandma. I've done it several times before in the past, but um, to really kind of like put it all together and like tell a story or or something, that would be that would be like my life goal, I think. That would be cool. Yeah, just to kind of like just to kind of like Finn's going nuts I over know here. he's just he's like why have no we not gone on a walk today well, it's raining baby <laughs> oh, well that's cool um, yeah but you know that's just I feel like I feel like fishing has always been a part of me because of that you know and um just kind of connects you back to your family's past and yeah mom and and that and yeah, and I I really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up catching croakers and pinfish, and I still cook those things up when I yeah, go and fish good. in the fall. You know, <laughs> you know my mom. She's like croaker season. She's like sending us out there. And like, well, you better bring back a cooler. You know, <laughs> she could cook it so many different ways. And like some days, my parents are like, especially my dad. He'll look at a fish and like, oh. I don't need that fish. I don't want that big old grouper. You just need to bring me the little one. <laughs> He's like, well, you can call me, me when you have grouper. To yeah. No kidding. He's <laughs> funny. It's funny about that. Uh, but. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's a really unique story. Yeah. You know, that your family's got and, and uh, where it's kind of gotten you to and, and being able to kind of connect back through that, through the fishing industry just tops it off. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, I think it all like ties together because like fishing and food and just having that history, you know, and that heritage of like sustenance mm-hmm. and then now becoming a sport fisherman. It's it's all like it all comes full circle, you know, and then you you start to realize like everything that you do makes an impact nowadays and. I don't know. I I don't have kids of my own, but I want to see, you know, Logan, my nephew and and all my cousins, kids and like your kids to like grow up and have that same kind of passion that we do. Right. right? So anything I I can do to to do that. It's cool. I mean, you know, we do a lot of work with kids and. And especially with our Coast Brigade deal and everything. Yeah. It's so cool. Cause those like, kids where was are that all when I was growing oh, up? I, I would have right? loved to do Coastal Brigade. You know? Oh, my and gosh. It's like these kids are already driven. Yeah. I mean, they are passionate about the outdoors and conservation and fishing and, and, and anything that has to do with outside. So it's cool getting to see that. But, you know, maybe somebody will listen to this and they'll be inspired, you know. And yeah. That's one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, <sighs> So the fishing industry has basically been a male-dominated sport yeah. forever, you know, but I see a lot more presence by females now in the industry, which is awesome. Yeah. So what has it been like to kind of spearhead that for Columbia and some of these other companies? I mean, you know, people are actually looking up to you because they see you on yeah. pictures and on, on the TV and all this different different stuff. I mean, it's kind um. of... It's humbling. Some days I, I I still like people run into me or whatever, and I, it doesn't. It's it, I never. I'll, it never goes away. Like that feeling that it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't get old. You know, like I don't. I don't walk into like Bass Pro and see my picture, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know <laughs> about it. Like it's still like it gives me butterflies. You know, right. and it's stuff like, like that. It's like so weird. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't believe it. Still, you know. Or anytime I do anything with, with somebody, you know, so that on that front, but, you know, I work a lot with, um, the recreational boating and fishing foundation. I have right. friends over there as well. And so they're a part of take me fishing.org is, um, mm-hmm. the organization. So you, you know, and have probably worked with them as well, but, um, they're very, um, they have a lot of knowledge, you know, in, in, uh, the demographics and like their main goal is to get more people on the water, right? Yeah, they're basically men, like the women, behind everything. the yes. scenes of the whole Everybody, fishing industry. Because it's it's so important to us. Because yeah. you know what I mean, like um, and having more women because women are the ones that control, you know, all the finances in the homes a lot of times, <laughs> right? right? And and they make they're the decision makers. So the more women we get out there to do these kinds of things, the more women we get, you know, taking their kids out fishing and doing things, you know, the more better it's going to be for, um, our industry and, you know, on all these companies that we work for. Mm-hmm. So, and then like, that's a whole everybody other, needs to get outdoors. It's a whole other market too. I mean, yeah. now, I mean, you know, boating, fishing, like it's so cool. So I did, I got to do, um, a photo shoot this year with Yamaha, right. Or last year. It's all yeah, over. I remember you told me, yeah. yeah, it's all over now, um, out there, but I got to do it last year with Yamaha and like, they wanted women in the driver's seat. So I got to go out there with Alyssa Vanoski and it was really fun working with her because I know her. Um, and it was, it was really cool to just be like, you know, share these kind of things. Cause like before nobody, who would think that a woman would be in a boating, you know, ad. And I think that's, that's what you need to show um, more of is that 
women are, are not just, you know, yeah, we fish and we do all these things, but we don't need guys to do everything do with yourself. us. Yeah, we can go do it ourselves. You probably know? do better. <laughs> yeah. My, my, hey, Charlotte, she probably do that. She probably my wife go. listens a whole lot exactly. better than I do. So. <laughs> and that's a lot, a lot of people say, like, whenever you're learning a different um, kind of technique for fishing or anything, like when I was learning how to fly fish, um, a lot of a lot of the guides who would teach me or show me would be like, women are just so much more patient. Like they mm-hmm. don't know everything already. You know what I mean? They're just like, no, exactly they're not, what you mean. yeah, they're just not a know-it-all and they're, they listen and you know, they, they get it done. So yeah, I've had some trips that I've been <laughs> running on my guide service and it's so frustrating when you have women on the boat versus no, men. No, no, I mean, just, just guys just not listening. I mean, that'd be like, you know, four uh-huh. guys. They know and everything. Two of them are catching fish like crazy, <laughs> and the other two won't listen to you. And it's like all you gotta do is just change this, and you'll, you'll yeah, you'll get a fish. And and uh, end of the day, like, uh, you know, I know. This is like, well, they caught all the fish for you. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, getting women out there is is it's vital. You know, getting more women, getting everybody out there is vital. But getting women out there you know, and making more of a presence is important because it always was an, a male dominated industry, you know, for a long mm-hmm. time. And, and I don't see it like that anymore. I see oh, yeah. more and more women, um, on the front of ads and doing all the things that guys can do. And, and it's, it's good because, you know, um, these companies are becoming more aware of that and they're becoming, um, you know, they're, they're sharing that with everybody. Like they're sharing that their ads with not just men, but mm-hmm. families and women. And, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. In my mind, I think the key is the, f- the family thing. Like if you can get the mom hooked and the rest yeah. of the family will fall in line. And, um, and we've got a mutual friend, our good friend, Michael Shear, who, who's the oh, executive yeah. director for f- uh, Fishing's Future. Mm-hmm. And they're all about families. Yeah. And that's how they're starting. They've got a nationwide movement basically yeah. going on teaching the families how to get back in the outdoors, spend quality time with each other and and teaching them how to fish even on a budget yeah. and be successful. That's the thing is that you can you just have to there's so many resources out there now too. If you just you know, if you just look around a little bit, you'll find them. You know, there's workshops and social mm-hmm. media. I mean, that's really what kicked it off. You know, the advent of social media is why I'm here today. Yep. You know, so um, I I am, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Because, so, you know, social media is like, I don't know how it would be if I had to like be a parent and like, you know, raising children with social media around. But as, you know, as somebody who wants to promote, you know, fishing and get more people on the water, social media has been vital to like where I am today. Yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So... It definitely is a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talk about it all the time in church. You know, it's like, from a personal standpoint, it can be so bad. Yeah. But you have to have it for business. And You have to. I mean, if you I don't. Mean, that's the first place I go to when I want to find out what a, biz- mm-hmm. a company is doing. Yeah. Like, go look at their Facebook page, see yeah. what other people are saying. 
So you like Facebook better or Instagram or even though it's kind of, oh, I guess it is oh, yes, they are. Facebook, they're owned by the same thing, but, but um, it just depends. Like, I go to Instagram whenever I'm just over, like, all the extra stuff in Facebook, right? And I know because, like, the algorithm, it just shows me what I want to see, basically. Mm -hmm. But on Facebook, I have to say um, my following is a lot stronger on Facebook than it is on Instagram. Really? I, mean, I only have 8,000 people on my Instagram, but only. on Facebook. <laughs> I know. It seems like that. But, like, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't fish in a bikini, yeah, like so a it's, it's hard for me to, like, rake in those, <laughs> you know, followers. But, um, no, but on Facebook, I've made some really cool friends on Facebook, too, and with my fishing and stuff. And a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll private message me and they'll ask me, like, what kind of setup or how do I get my wife to like this? You know, how do you, why do you mm -hmm. like fishing and how do I get her convinced to doing it or my kids to do it, you know? Things like that. I get a lot of those kind of questions a lot. And, you know, just working with um, with on social media and being involved. You know, you ever realize that, like, when you're on social media, they say, like, the crowd on social media now is a lot older. But you know what I love about it is that when I post, like, a story or if I post a film or if I, I tell you something about, you know, my grand, like, Black Friday for April, it's so important to you know Vietnamese people and like how we got into this country and stuff like that I'll get like veterans reach out to me you know That's what so I mean cool. yeah and like and they're fishermen too and then mm -hmm. they you know they start to tell their stories and like and then you realize that like this is an immigrant country right and like there's so many other people too that have immigrated over here I have friends like Dee Kaminsky in Florida she always brings up you know her family whenever I start talking about how my family got here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty cool. Cause like fishing has also connected me to, you know, learn about other cultures and other different, you know, the things that are people involved in and older people, when you post something, they will read through the whole thing. They're not everybody else. And as the younger scroll, kids are scrolling scroll, really scroll, fast. Scroll, scroll. No, I feel like, I feel like sometimes I take a little bit more time on Facebook I because I, I connect with people so much better on Facebook because I feel like the the comments and the and the rapport that I'm getting on Facebook is genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, whether like Instagram's like they'll like it real fast, they'll throw an emoji up there, but like Facebook, like they wanna know more, you know, and they're very supportive. I wish I could be a little bit better about doing more Facebook lives or like doing um more YouTube videos and stuff because I know people are out there waiting for me to do it. I just I hear about it all the time, but you know, life. Gets in the I know way. it's like where do you where do you prioritize everything? It's but like this stupid coronavirus nonsense is. Well, and that's the thing. It's like off, so. for the last year and a half, I didn't have a corporate job, and then Corona hits, and then all of a sudden I'm back in you know a real job. But at least it's in the fishing industry this yeah, time. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I work with home. a lot of really uh, friends that I've made you know, for a really long time in the industry and um, just seeing what we can do to make an impact on, on our company and on, you know, in other ways, like getting more kids and people on the water is like, it's priceless. And yeah. this year, you know, we're getting to work with Ot Defoe. So that's huge, you know? Yeah. Like, I've he's never a very met lovable Ot, guy. Yeah, and he's like, definitely, definitely one of the best Super humble out there, so. and like, you know, he invited um, our crew out there and, you know, they're working on some really cool projects and then hopefully, you know, it'll just get better from there. Yeah.
So what are some of your uh, some of your favorite destinations you've been to? Like you've been. So where where okay so where were you with um, when y'all were fishing on the beach for the Kubera and was that rooster that, fish or does that so look like you, the trip of a lifetime? When you said that, that's the first place I thought of. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Cabo San Lucas. So that is probably the most. Um, I want to say that that is the the kind of fishing that that I resonate with the most just because I grew up, I didn't have a boat growing up, you know, um, my family were like, I had uncles in like the commercial industry and stuff, fishing industry, Mm -hmm. but my family, my, my mom and dad and I, we didn't have a boat and we, my dad took, he would take us to local piers, take us to city dike. We camped in San Luis pass for years and years and years growing up. And so, um, I think being on a beach with a fishing rod, is why I loved Cabo so much. Yeah. Because it took me back, you know, to mm-hmm. like, like, and you're one-on-one, right? Nobody's helping you when you're on the beach with a rod. You know what I mean? Wesley would tell me where to go and cast, and I went out there, and this is like, not like, you know, when I was little with a ugly stick running <laughs> around the beach. I was like casting a 12-foot century rod out into like, and right into, you know, the waves and catching pelagic fish, like, Ultimate. You're throwing like topwater plugs, like yes. chuggers. Or? I was throwing. Um, I caught it on a stick shad. Caught most of my fish on stick shads, so it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I know you kept saying when you got back, it's like if you ever go anywhere, you if know, you ever you need go, to go anywhere. And not only that, but like it's affordable, and it's in like a touristy area. So if your whole family wants to go, they can go. You can knock out your fishing in the morning and still come back for lunch and like do all the family stuff and everything, you know, Cobb was amazing. And, uh, and it's cool because, you know, some of these countries, like, especially you always think like, Oh my God, they're going to get all get fished out. But like in Cabo, like all the fishery there or all the fish, the species that go through there are pelagic, you know? Mm. So they make their run through. And so my, like, I would have to say like my biggest advice, if you are going to go out there is to make sure you do your research on time of year because there is a time of where, year where you should be in Cabo and there is, mm. as a fisherman, and there are times that you should not. <laughs> so, and uh. if you reach out to Wesley, uh, bro, the guy that I fished with out there, you know, he'll he'll let you know when to show up. Yeah. Yeah. What's his handle on, he's on Instagram. I think I follow him. Yeah, uh, Cabo Surfcaster. That's right. Yeah. Is um is his Instagram name and he has a great Facebook page and his family is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um he won't he won't guide you on a Sunday though cuz that's his day, yeah. you know, for family and and lord. So it's really cool to to connect with that. That's another thing like I got to meet like the coolest family, right? Right. By, through fishing and I went down there cuz I was working with my dad and we went down there and filmed Wesley and his story. And so um that was really, it was really cool to like spend time with him. And then we got to go to the church and like, you know, listen to him and meet like the people in his life. And, and then I fished for three, four mornings with him and ended up with everything except for her, the, the species I was going after, but it's okay. Cause what I, was caught, that? it was a rooster fish. Right, okay. I, I had a nice follow the very first day I got there, which I think was, was why I was so persistent on trying to catch one. But I never landed a rooster fish in Mexico, but I did, um, I caught a black snook, like a 
giant black snook off the beach. Um, I caught Kubera, Colorado, and I caught a yellow tail. He said that was like, that was like a, you know, once in a lifetime catch for me out there because he doesn't come across too many of them. I wonder if it's just because I just don't come in that close. Maybe, maybe. But I, when I caught it, he, he was like, oh, you caught a jack. And like, I was reeling it in. He was like, oh, Hamachi. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, what? This is wild. That's awesome. You know, from the beach. Like, and then we took it to a local restaurant. They, and they whipped it up until we were done Ugh. like donating the rest mm. of it <laughs> making me hungry because we're, we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo and I know. we've already had our Mexican dinner but we already had our Mexican uh, dinner but fresh fish Cabo San Lucas is where it's at if you want to have a good time um fishing I went in I actually went my for my birthday in May so we're in May right now. So this is a good time to like reach say, out to so Wesley this is and a like good time to go. Then. Yeah, by the end of the month, or maybe they next should May. be. Um, come, yeah, right. We can't. Yeah. We can't do too much traveling right now. But um, the end of this month through like usually through ICA up until ICAST is when his he's really busy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I seen him. I think there last year at yeah. ICAST, but I didn't get to introduce myself to him. Oh. But, well, next time cool. I'll yeah. I'll make sure. It'd be cool to meet him. We get connected. He's. He's awesome. His family is so cool. And if I had to pick one place to go back to fish this year, it would probably be, or internationally, it would be Cabo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I picked the right place to start off talking about then. Yeah. So, so I know you spend a lot of time in Florida. I do. Um, what's the biggest tarpon you think you've landed? That I've landed? I don't know. But did you see the one I got last January? Yes. That shot that is unbelievable crazy um the only thing is i never landed it i just got this spectacular shot with it which is awesome though because i mean we were we were catching tarpon left and right that day so i didn't get to actually get a hold on them and do a good face grip on her but that was probably the biggest tarpon i've ever had and and we estimated that was probably like 170s at least yeah, it's a it was. Big fish. It, was a it big looked fish. much bigger in the picture. Yeah, my first tarpon was a hundred and thirty pound um, tarpon out of Boca Grande. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, my buddy Krista in Tampa, she took me out there for my birthday, and we ended up. We it took us three days to to land a good tarpon, and I finally did that, and I've been hooked so ever since. Frustrating because I have yet to get one to the boat. I've hooked. I've hooked one. First year I went in Tampa. You we know, hooked one, don't feel bad because. Man, tarpon so is a lifetime fish to me. You know what I mean? Like it's not easy. They have the hardest mouths, you know, and um, and they're finicky. They're like they're almost human <laughs> to me. They're um, they're prehistoric. You know, they're old yeah. as heck, and they've probably probably and they've they haven't changed. You know, um, they're like, migratory, and I mean, there's so many ways you can you can fish for them, but. If you get a chance to land a tarpon and do it, you know, in a way where you can get it to the boat and safely release it pretty quickly and do all that, that's that is the ultimate mm-hmm. kind of fishing. I, wanna, I think sport fishing. I just want to touch one that I actually get. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, I'll probably just break them off. I caught my first ones last year on lures, um, but up until then, I w- you know I was throwing thread fins and. Yeah, the first time I went, like I was that. like, oh, yeah, man, it's like the most popular game fish in the world. And yeah. we're going to be throwing, 
jigs or whatever at them. He's like, nope, we're going to be chumming. <laughs> and you, you know think what? about it, they're just a scavenger fish. They are a scavenger fish. all they are. They absolutely are. Um, my first one, I think I caught it on, I caught that one. It was on bait, um, and we were we were throwing past crabs. It was like around Memorial Weekend. Past crabs and thread fins that weekend, so... No, sometimes they want thread fins and sometimes they wanted crabs. So well, we always try to have a whole bunch out there. <laughs> my goal this year is to start fishing for them here off Galveston. You know, I so have a lot of Sandley friends Pass who are starting to there, see so them a little yeah, bit more. I see them every I, year. Yeah, I bet you do because you're out and, there at work. Um, but um, I've never fished for them. I know mm-hmm. a lot of guys that do. And then I wonder if we have like resident tarpon. There's some. So a couple of years so? ago. There was a bunch of tarpon in the bay through January. Ones? Small. I mean, I've seen fish rolling in one area that were probably, you know, Just 20 pounders to 100 pounders. I'm going to be, know? like, all over the place, like, trying to, yeah. trying to like, pin these fish down. Yeah. <laughs> I know a couple spots uh, the, in the wintertime, they, they, they stick in there for a while before they move yeah. south. But, well, like, we've got snook here, I think, year-round now. You know? Really? Oh, See, yeah. I forget sometimes that you're the guy that I need to, like, talk to about these kind of things. I mean, they're, they're, catching snook, they're catching snook all the way up the, the bay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know one guy, he's, I mean, they've been catching them at the jetties this year. and, and I've um, seen some. Are, are they the same kind of snook that's in Florida? Because so some calm, of them They're common or fat, fat snook. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I think it's with the Mexican snook. or Your buddy Brian Brenner yeah. will know because he's, like, the snook. I Meister know. down it's South Texas. Texas Snook King. So. Brian Barrera. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we do have a couple of different uh, And actually tarpon, too, because there's not very many guides who um, who fish for tarpon and snook in Texas. Yeah. And a lot of people, I'm not going to be honest with you, until I really started, like, fishing with lures and making friends outside of, you know, Texas, I didn't know that we had snook and tarpon here. Yep. I thought that was a Florida thing, but it is not. <laughs> Just been, go down to South I, South Texas. That's I like I've been uh, told by a couple people that um they have seen bonefish down in in the valley area. Oh, in I believe Texas, it. And I, I don't believe doubt it. it. I mean, they're in, they're in Mexico, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I believe it. Hundred you know, percent. I mean, because we used to, you know, when I moved down oh, here, bonefish. We used to not have. We never caught snook up here. I never seen a tarpon in in the bay until a few years ago. Yeah. And now it's like every year. Tarpon, and, uh, snook, and bonefish are things you don't typically think about in Texas, yeah. but they do show up here and there. Yeah. I've even heard of permit sometimes in Texas. Yeah, no, there have been. We've actually. Um, you guys have run one into a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a big one, but a yeah. small juvenile. Yeah, I bet you sometimes people will ca- probably catch them thinking they're pompano too, because yeah. they're about that size yeah. when they're here in Texas, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I wish we had a, a fishery like Florida when it comes to like, you know, these kind of fish. Cause, but it's you know, it is what I it just is. Just laugh when it just gets you a little like here. Nick Stanzik or somebody, you know, Nick's so cool. I love. He's Nick. like, oh, we got a long ride offshore to the swordfish grounds. Oh it's my like god, thirty-eight miles or forty miles. I'm like, well, you so go I got really spoiled when I fished with Nick because I went out there and fished with Nick. We went out like thirty miles. 29 miles or something like that. He, we made like four drops that day and I caught two swordfish. One was like 40 pounds that we tagged and released. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we did another drop. Uh, our buddy uh, Ross, he ended up with like a pomfret 
Oh, and then I was cool. up next, and I ended up with a 233-pound swordfish. Well, that's a pretty good consolation prize. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a, it was a lifetime fish. I have her bill up on my wall right now. Oh, man. And that, gotta... we made sure I we harvested it, and I still, to this day, have a chunk left that I, like, freezer won't quadruple wrapped in, yeah, in, uh, in freezer, uh, whatever, the, the freezer bags, and... My, I'm going to save that for one day. Special here coming up soon. I don't know. <laughs> My dad says it was the best fish he's ever had in his life, and he is right because... Swordfish is good. It's butter. It's I've amazing. I've had it a few times. I've, yet, I've never caught one. Um, and the one I caught was like a pumpkin one. Oh, so, yeah. He's yeah, always talking about those. You'll have to throw a link of that on, on this because that was like... Oh, my God. That was so amazing. I remember. Yeah. And I'd love to get over there and get, go fishing. But I actually, um, since then, we've I've actually attempted a couple times to go with Michael Belvin and them. And we've caught swordfish now on his boat. Um, mm-hmm. I, we haven't harvested any, or I haven't harvested any with him on the trips that I've gone with. Because they were a little smaller. So we caught and released. But um, so Why does Texas not get the love that the other states do? Because we have... A world-class fishery here. Because because our waters are Galveston-colored, and know, you know, but, it doesn't I mean, you look drive like the further, Keys. But, but, you know, nobody knows. People don't really know. Like, if you, you grow up in Galveston and you don't go further south, you don't realize that, like, South Texas looks like the Keys mm-hmm. in a lot of places. I mean, there's a there's times where I'm like, I get down there, and I'm like, this looks like the Bahamas. It is crystal clear, and... It's like my favorite place here to here like, yeah, if you like to sight cast for fish, you need to head down to South Texas before you head over to Florida. Because one, it's going to be a lot more economical, you know, less people, less, you know, more fish. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, you'll catch it. You'll get an experience of your lifetime. A lot of people, when they reach out to me, it's it's to find out where and when to go. Mm-hmm. So I have like started a blog on my website that, you know, I kind of like, I kind of break it down to where you have a destination, who I fished with, what time of year and, um, you know, where I stayed and stuff like that. So that somebody else would want to go to. And I have, I have so much to catch up on with that. I could <laughs> probably write that for years and years and never be done. But, um, but so yeah, what's your website? Know, CindyWindFishing.com. Okay. Yeah. We'll make sure and put that in show notes. Yeah. And like, you know, you know, if you see something on my social media and you have a question or anything, I'm not shy. People Just ask me all out. the time, you know, women do, you know, kids do, guys do. They don't want to ask me in public, but they'll private message me and ask right. me what kind of gear I'm using. <laughs> And that's the thing is like people think that I get all these creepy messages from people because I know so many people on social media. But to be honest with you, like my fans and friends are pretty, uh, are pretty, you know, clean and not creepy. (laughs) Usually they reach out to me and they legitimately want to know, you know, Sid, what setup did you use for that? What leader line should I use? And, you know, things like that. And what time of year and where to go? Yeah. Well, I mean, the fishing is, I mean, it's just. Just a bunch of people that like to fish. I, know. I mean, honestly, we really have like the most, best. Sport. Most people get into the industry because they have a passion for yeah. it. You know, it's not just a job. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. the livelihood. But I know that the fishing industry does, there's a lot of movement. Yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, until the past couple of years, just how much, 
you know, people work here, then they'll go work over here, and then they'll yeah. work over here. Well, that's the thing. It's like a very, it's a, it's a small industry. Everybody yeah. knows everybody. Yeah, and don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Everybody will know. <laughs> it's nice to stay connected and, uh, you know, keep your nose clean because, you know, I, I used to, um, I used to work with Under Armour before Columbia, you know, and now my Under Armour rep is now my Traeger rep, you know, so yeah, things like that. Know. Like you never know where people end up and like, you know, that's the cool part. You like, you, you stay connected and you help each other out and you collaborate and like, just keep going and more and more people get out there and love what we were doing too. Yeah. You know, to get, get a part of that as well. Yeah. I think you and Kelly Gross need to start a podcast. <sighs> Maybe that's what we need to do instead of a blog. First of all, like we, we y'all are always traveling. Well, Cause everywhere. like lately, especially with this whole COVID thing. And then like, you know, um, with her magazine, um, going away and her, her working with the salt angler, is it salt angler. Magazine, saltwater angler. Yes, saltwater yeah. angler. So she's working with them now too. You know, we were, we we really needed an outlet, or we still mm-hmm. do. Like me and her, we're like with this whole COVID thing, and I've been, you know, working six days a week. Like I just want somewhere to like get creative, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why we brought up that conversation. So I'll, I'll probably reach out to her. I would, I think I do it like maybe once or twice a week. Me and her connect, and we're like. Or we need to do something, right? And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is this is when it's going to happen. I will cause now that I'm buying a home, like ten minutes from her, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know she's excited. She's like, uh, I'm going to bring over groceries and we're going to watch the birds dive. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to be right yeah, on the bay. I'm right there on the bay. So I think I'm going to I'm going to get to do a little bit more fishing than I I used to in the past and that'll balance it all out since now I'm working in the fishing industry. You don't want to get yourself burnt out when you work in, you know, the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. So this will be a nice break. Yeah. It's a uh, fishing, fishing, fishing for me and then turkey hunting. So we're like yeah. right in the middle oh, I of do all that too. right in the end I of turkey I did start season. picking up a little hunting last year and I want to, I definitely want to try to do some more of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know we've talked about going doing some pig hunting or something but uh, maybe next year we can get you on a turkey hunt i think yeah. you'd like that so yeah uh, i harvested my first little piggy in georgia this past year and like it was so much fun yeah turkey hunting i don't know I but took a little piece it of is the most cooked it up too it is the most addictive thing i've turkey ever hunting? done is turkey hunting i mean almost more so than fishing in some aspects just really? because you're so interactive with the animal Okay, so I guess I've I don't I haven't looked into that as much. So you you might have to like break me into it's that. It's like all I can think about more. right now. It's like I'm I'm so busy at work right what now. What season but is that for? Well, what time of year is turkey, that? Spring. Spring. Okay. It's when you hunt the males because they're very vocal. Ah. But you know, you're calling them in, and um, is that far uh, from here? Um, it's about well, we're hunting East Texas, so it's about okay. three hours, and then um, probably taking my daughter next week over to the deer lease nice. um which is it's just been crazy because all this stupid coronavirus I know. you know they didn't want anybody coming over to the deer lease because they didn't know yeah you know we're in houston all yeah. this they're on the lease and it's like all these cases over here they don't have any cases over there it's yeah like, bring that over here don't bring that so i don't blame here. them at all <laughs> for not wanting anybody coming over yeah. there they, they finally said you know it's okay so i just limit the number and and uh wash your hands yeah and keep playing. i was like 
I don't even have to touch the. So I'll you will get your chance at some spring turkey. Yeah, I've been <laughs> once and struck out. Um, seen some, actually seen. Uh, it's so frustrating. So, I actually got out of the truck um, where we were hunting and and was walking to a ridge to call down into the bottom, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like the trees were like 300 yards away from me, and I got about 20 yards from my truck. Of course, I didn't take my gun. Mm-hmm. All I had was my call and. A hen, a female turkey, walked out like 50 yards in front of me, and two big males strutting <sighs> right behind her. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Right in the middle of this field, like they were down a little in a little ditch, I couldn't yeah. see. And so I just stood there, just because, watched them. And they they didn't spook; they just kind of fed on. Um, but if you move, oh, they're gone. Yeah. And, uh, and most hmm. people don't know turkeys can fly. They can fly a long ways. Yeah. For a big 20 pound bird. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. Yeah, turkey hunting, it is. It's just kind of going down a rabbit hole on that. that. I want turkey. I want to do more, um, more hunting for sure. But turkey and uh, they say duck hunting is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would do deer hunting because I feel like you have to be like really quiet. Uh, More so turkey hunting than. Oh really? Deer hunting. I mean, it's Texas here, so I mean, most people just sit in a box by some corn. Yeah. And, uh, how long does it normally take like okay so like this that's a that's a hard question okay because like you could say like tarpon fishing right how many trips does it take to catch tarpon i don't know maybe one maybe ten yeah. <laughs> right yeah. yeah deer hunting is just more about access you know having a place to go to yeah so i mean in texas i mean we have so much most of the land's private yeah so you have to lease yeah. you know you pay somebody to hunt their mm-hmm. property um we have some public hunting options, but mm-hmm. um, not a lot. And those that are get heavily pressured. So, um, but basically, you know, <laughs> hunting the hill country over yeah. in central Texas. I mean, there's so many deer over there. It's insane. You That's know, pretty cool. but I mean, well, there's deer around here, but you can't hunt them in the city. I'm going to get out there one of these days and do so. some more of it. Well, um, so what's the, uh, what do you think is going to be the, the outcome from this corona thing on the industry? Because I know it's hit hard. And I, mean, I know. You know. Do you think people, because they're stuck at home? And I can personally tell you right now, I've never seen so much fishing pressure in my life. For really? For this time of year. There's so many people on the water. Really? It is insane. Well, I've been in a little bubble at Railblazer because we've we've gotten to be so busy in the last you know, a couple months here since all this started that, um, is everybody out buying kayaks oh so they can stay away from people? Yes. And like we have been, I mean, our, our sales have like quadrupled and I'm working around the clock just at I me. Mean, we had our, our president and our COO all in the shipping department. Everybody's shipping, <laughs> you yeah. know, and trying to get stuff out. And like, you know, the big box stores like Bass Pro and Academy, we distribute to, you know, the, some of the other ones too, but we're, we're still moving orders for them because they were essential businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we don't, um, we don't have like storefronts and sell directly to consumers that way. Right. It's all online and everything. So, I mean, I've just been, we've had a skeleton crew inside the office, um, in the warehouse and we've just been pumping out orders and people are getting out there. So yeah. hopefully I'll get a catch a break here soon and join them. Yeah, I've heard I've heard kayak sales went through the roof really? in, in our area. I mean, just going to Academy the other day, I couldn't even find a bicycle. So people are trying to get outdoors. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I think that's really cool. Maybe mm-hmm. this is what we needed. Maybe we is. need a little rude awakening to like. a little sign from upstairs saying, you know, you, you need, need to slow down. Slow down, and, and not think about. I mean, we're, time when did family. you ever think that you would be forced to just stay home and be with your family and not have to work and not have to do all these things? Well, we're, some of us are still yeah, working. Yeah, no, but, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we are getting a lot I'm more I'm the only one working time. in my house right now, so I know how you feel. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, I guess like for the people who do have the opportunity to to now stay home a little bit and like you know soak this all in like you know you you learn a lot from staying it's, home and being here. definitely hurt the charter industry though i mean yeah just, i know a lot of guys um that shut completely down like i shut mine down yeah. just because i don't want to have the liability of something i mean yeah i know i, I feel bid. you on that you know, it's like, well, you do, but some, you know, but I'm lucky. I have another job, you know, so. You know, maybe this is a good time for folks to like, or, or for guides to like share their businesses on social media. That's what everybody's doing right now is they're sitting on Facebook yeah. and the internet and Instagram and stuff. Now, if I was a guide, now is the time to like share my stories, yeah. you know, so that as soon as like we get, you know, to get out there a little bit more, you know, people are going to be looking for them. It's like, yeah. that's hard. You know, you're spending you're spending a lot of money on a guide sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to, you want to be, you want to be informed before you go and just book anybody. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I think between just shoot, just between you and I, we have a lot of contacts out there and we know a lot of guides and folks in the industry. So I think that, um, my advice to people who want to go find charters and also for guides who are offering these charters is, you know, to do your research and find out what these guys are offering out there, yeah. guys and girls, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like most of my trips, I mean, I gear a lot more. I mean, I do a lot of the corporate tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but um, family fishing, like getting families that kids out for sure. Um, but yeah. we just did a big giveaway. I don't know, did you seen the one where we, we um, sold uh, a trip? To raise money for a couple of charities. Yes, last and week. I think I shared it on my and, uh, story. That's right, I think um, you did. So yeah. I mean, we did something like that because it was easy. Because I mean, you know, my business shut down, so I was like, least I can do is donate a trip. Yeah, I don't mind doing that. And so we picked a couple people that we we're you know real close with that do good, and and um, she we made a thousand bucks in a week, but we were only charging twenty dollars a spot. Yeah, and um, just That's so cool. happened the guy who won it was a friend of mine and uh he donated the trip back <laughs> and so i nice. reached out to one of the charities we were supporting um chester moore's kingdom zoo and um he reached out to one of his families that he worked with and uh, a kid who had just lost his father oh. uh, a couple of years ago was going through a real bad time and, and he was like six seven years old i think yeah and um and so they had set up a fishing trip with him because he wanted to catch a shark. Awesome. It was horrible weather when they went, so they didn't catch a shark. But I was like, we got to take him out. And so You, are, you this, can t- catch no, sharks, yeah, though. Yeah, and I'm like, this is going to be you so much fun. You are the person to, to take him so out and do something like that. We've already got a date booked, and uh, yeah. we're going to go make that happen. So pray to God it's it's good weather and yeah. and uh, put a smile on that boy's face. But That's cool. But, um, I got to do some mentoring um, this last year, too, with Bill Blodgett's um, organization, Majesty, Majesty Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah. Well, they're, um, they're, they work with Columbia as well. And so that's how I got connected with Bill. And I got to take out um, a little girl named Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her, her, fan, her single mom 
you know, don't have a father figure in her family and, and she's never fished before in her life. Her, she said her cousins did and, but they never take her out, you know? And so I think she's a little uneasy, you know, like coming out and doing this for at first, but like, I, I got to spend a few days with her and now she loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then awesome. I got to do that. And, and our, our time together ended up being two episodes um, for Bill's show. And, and it's, it was really cool, and I love Corpus Christi, yeah. so it was nice to get out there and do stuff. If I could do a little bit more of that kind of stuff, you know, I would definitely put mm-hmm. some more energy there. But you know, it's spread thin a little bit right now. But I'm gonna yeah. get back out there and like do some more stuff here soon. Hopefully, hopefully I can uh, collaborate with Columbia and do some more other stuff once all this is that'd be good over and we get back out there. Looking forward to seeing what you do this year. Um, I appreciate everything too. You always think about me and you know, and anything I can do to help you guys, you know, or yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with our summer camp this year. We're not making any comments on that right now, but, but, um, you know, it's always, it's okay. I feel like this year is a building year for me too. Like just jumping back into the workforce and like not just doing only freelance stuff. Um, this is, this year is kind of like what I needed you know and and i'm definitely like taking this time to like reflect and be thankful for everything because you know a lot of people don't have jobs out there and they're still wondering what they're gonna Mm -hmm. do and and how much this is all gonna impact us you know months from now hopefully not years but yeah exactly i don't know what's gonna happen it was a little scary this weekend when they opened the beaches back up because they were i heard you not. I heard Kelly shared some crazy stuff on on social media, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I hope they don't close storm. it down again. Yeah, exactly. People should be smart enough. That's a problem, you know. People are cooped up, and they don't like get told what to do. Yeah, and all of a sudden, just like run free. If they tell us that they're going to shut it down again, yeah, you think people are going to listen this time? Because they're going to be like, no. you know, nothing happened last time. Yeah, I didn't get exactly. Sick. So. I don't know. It's just a it's, it's a weird time right now. I never and thought it, I'd ever live through something like this. No, I, I think of it all the time. I'm driving down, you know, down the freeway going to work in the mornings and it's like dead traffic on a Monday. And I'm just like, this is so strange. Yeah. Never thought I'd be wearing a mask walking through Walmart no. getting groceries. So, you know, like in Vietnam, when I try or when there's some places like when I travel to. They cover up everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a norm because it's dusty and stuff like that. And they always yeah. wear a mask and like cover up really well. But here, I mean, if you walked into a place with a mask on, everybody would be staring at you before, you yeah. know? Now Somebody's it's like, normal. I went to the bank with gloves and a mask <laughs> on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I went to the bank the other day and there was like the longest process to get in and out of that place yeah. because of it. But if I ain't got to yeah. go, I'm not going. No, I've been. I, that's how I've been treating my whole life. Like. I go to the gas station, I go to work, I go home. I see my family and the four people I work with in yeah. the office. And that's all I've I've been in this bubble is I get all my news from whatever they've learned at mm. dinner time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. People are coming back to work? I didn't know because I've been working ever since. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it changed. So. Yeah. Exactly. Shoot. Well, Cindy, um, I think we can probably – Call it there. Um, yeah, because you know we could the, talk forever. Oh, I know. Um, now that the the rain's finally moved I off, know. it's still lightning. But um, so what's a just tell everybody your social media accounts, how they can follow you. Yeah. And um, 
stay I in mean, touch with you. I mean, the easiest way is probably Cindy Wynn um, Fishing. If you just Google that, you'll find all of my social media. And uh, my handle on Instagram is um, Sid Tex. So Sid everybody DX. calls my My closest friends and family call me Sid. Um, I was kind of tomboy growing up. So that's <laughs> what my sister called me. And everyone just kind of stuck with it. But Sid TX is how you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, just Cindy Wind Fishing and you'll be able I'm pretty public. You know, I have keep very th- few things private as far as fishing and yeah. my family and cooking and stuff like that. So if anybody ever wants to reach out. What's Railblazer's website? Railblazer, um Railblazer Railblazer.com, Railblazer USA. Um and I'll throw the links down there for you, too, yeah, yeah. so you we'll can put, put it in up. there. But, yeah, that is the company that I'm working for now. Um, it's the company that I've been working with for a long time, probably the last six or seven years, um, helping them promote. And so I appreciate any support I can get yeah. from that. And it's awesome. We're if you guys ever some... need anything from there, just let me know, and I can show you how everything works. And yeah. we're right down the street. You know what I mean? We're right here in Houston. So, um and we're definitely getting more and more into boats. We're OEM on like a lot of on Hobie kayaks and like a lot of mm-hmm. different um, boats for Bass Pro and stuff now. So we're getting out there and, you know, you this is this is our tool. These cell phones, yeah. right? We have a way to hold everything. Can't everything put it you down. need exactly. Hunting, you know, we actually have like gun holds and things like that for your ATVs mm-hmm. and and your kayaks and stuff like that too. We have a lot of like duck hunters that um you know that buy our products for their kayaks and things like that too so yeah there's a there's a world of stuff out there that you can get for your vessels and well, yeah and got i got something it. to hold everything <laughs> exactly so yeah so shoot. yeah well, cool well, you can find me there in cindywindfishing.com all right well thank Appreciate you so much it. for being on so thank you i mean we've been going for like an hour and 20 minutes so um but anyway but yeah thanks Finn's, Finn's awake i think he's ready for dinner oh boy well i'm looking forward to the next time we get to go out on the water yes. together so till then till then see thank you later you. hey thanks for tuning in to this episode this week we really uh, appreciate all the support we've had from our listeners and um can't wait to bring you our, our next episode next week and, and uh, keep on producing some good conversations with some amazing people from all across the United States in the hunting and fishing industry and and I hope that you know you're able to share this with your friends and, and help us spread the word about the podcast and you know we're really looking to get this out there and, and uh, if you're on iTunes listen to this please leave us a five-star review and share it like it hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to it on and uh, Hit us up on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and especially if you have a guest that you'd like to see featured on the show, you know, we'll do our best to get a hold of them and, and get them on. And, um, you know, really, the, the time right now, we're, we're in this coronavirus pandemic and uh, hope that everybody's enjoying their time that they get with their families and, and loved ones. And I know we're going to get through this. And, man, I can't wait to get back out on the water with everybody this summer and, and go catch some, some big fish and, and get back out in the woods and and, uh, really kind of get back to normal so um, praying for everybody and and hope everybody's doing good out there and uh, look forward to 
to bringing you our next episode. So thanks. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.